everyone, this is Valerie from the iHouse Program Office, and I'm excited to welcome you to Under the Dome. Today, I have Abhinav Deshmukh on the line with me. Abhinav is finishing his MBA program at the Haas School of Business, and this is his second year at iHouse, where he is also serving for a second year as resident council member. Welcome, Abhinav. Hi. Hello. Good to be here. Good to have you. Before I say anything else, I want our listeners to know that Abhinav has been my guide for all things Haas. So I had overheard, <laughs> he's laughing, he's like, oh no. <laughs> um, so I had overheard someone referring to Haas students as Haas students. And I told Abhinav about this and he helped clarify that only Haas undergraduate students are likened to quote unquote snakes. And he assured me that all MBA students like himself are not snakes, but nice people, nice guys. It's, right? actually, it's actually not just snakes. The Haas MBA program is known as the culture MBA. So amongst all the top MBA programs, mm-hmm. Haasis are known to be the nicest people. Okay, great. So you're not just so you're not you're definitely not snakes and you're not just nice guys, but you're the nicest. Very nice, guys. exactly. Exactly. Yes. And here yes. I am to testify to everyone listening to this podcast that Abhinav is indeed a very nice guy. The nicest guy. <laughs> Thanks for the endorsement. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, now that we've clarified all of this, we can, we can get on with the podcast. Um, can you tell our listeners where exactly you are right now, Abhinav? So I'm currently still in iHouse, but my room overlooks the San Francisco with the Golden Gate Bridge. I can see Sierra Tower and I can see the skyline. Oh, so what, a, any better than that. what a great deal. <laughs> I'm glad that you have a beautiful view to enjoy. Um, so, Abhinav, you're originally from India. Is that where your family is sheltering in place right now? They are. So, they're sheltering in Pane, which is right next to Mumbai, but not exactly part of Mumbai. Mm-hmm. Are they doing? Are they okay? Are they keeping safe? They, are, they actually have a complete lockdown, so they can't even leave the house unless it's to collect bread, and then the, they get the vegetable vendors to come in the building so that there's no movement outside. So, it's a really strict lockdown for them. What's the, what's the deal with bread? Like, why is it that that's the only reason why you're allowed to leave your house? <laughs> oh, even vegetables. So yeah, just absolute essentials. So if you wanted to get like chicken, is that essential? That's a good question. I haven't checked with my parents, but they haven't eaten meat for over a month. And typically we'd have meat twice a week when I was back home. So there's clearly an aberration in the dieting cycle at home at this point. Oh, so interesting. Okay, well, but you know for a fact that vegetables and bread are the, the two essentials that you can definitely leave your house for, but otherwise, potentially non-negotiable. Yes, no walks, no meeting people, nothing. And potentially no chicken. <laughs> no chicken. They haven't had chicken in a while. Well, I hope they continue to stay safe and hopefully we can all sooner than later be able to, to not be sheltered in place in a safe way. Well, you're also really an international guy because before you came to the U.S. as an international student, you lived and worked, I think you worked, or did you just live in Singapore for a bit? Can you tell us? I I lived and worked in Singapore. I I studied, lived and worked in Singapore. Um, Fascinating country. Uh, That's something I strongly identify with. Um, Just very, very orderly. They follow rules. Rules are very, very clear. And as long as you follow the rules, the government takes care of you. It's a very nice paternalistic state system. It suits you well, you said? I love the idea of a paternalistic state. Mm-hmm. You follow the rules, do what you're told, and then everything else is taken care of. Okay, that works. You're a rule follower. 
I am a rule follower. I do not cross the lights. Even if I see a light blinking, I wait for the, the traffic signal to change before I actually cross. I love it. And, and did you have this way of thinking before you got to Singapore? Or is it because you lived in Singapore that you started to develop this way of thinking? I was always a rule follower. And in India, we always broke rules. And I thought I was a misfit. Till I came to Singapore and I realized that rule following actually works. Mm. And it's okay. Like in India, you always cut the line. In Singapore, you don't. You check with the person behind you. Are you cutting the line? If you're not, you go behind the other person. <laughs> very, very considerate. I love that. What about um, then when you came to the US, when you came to the Bay Area? How did you, how did you find the system here compared to Singapore and India, which quite are quite extreme opposites? Yeah, I, find, I found the talk about freedom here to be a lot more jarring. Like it was all about, it very individualistic. Mm. Singapore was never like that. One of my strongest memories in Singapore was that as I was coming out of the metro station, I was zigzagging down the steps because I was just in my own mood. And this uh-huh. old fellow tapped me on the shoulder and he said, can you please be more considerate? Oh. And that really hit me really strongly. I was in a public place in a metro station and my only crime was I was zigzagging down the staircase so that people had to avoid me if they wanted to like overtake me. And someone stepped out, tapped me and put me back in line. I totally agree with that. I was not thinking about the people near me. I was just in my own thought and this yeah i imagine you happily in this like happy-go-lucky spirit of zigzagging down down yeah exactly but so does that does that take away from your your vibrancy of being able to just you know hop along and like go out of line when you you feel like it this way i think in singapore i've never felt constrained I've never felt locked in. They keep saying it's full of rules. You, you want free to do what you want. I've always found myself free to do what I want as long as I'm not troubling other people around me. Yeah, just no zigzagging. Just no zigzagging. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, well, I have some more questions for you. Um, I know that you do some guided walking tours at Kel. I do. Can, can you tell us a bit more about it? And maybe can you, can you pretend that we're on like a stop on your tour and, 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 and we're at iHouse and what would you tell me on your tour? So my motivation for doing these, these tours was that people graduate from Berkeley without seeing the buildings that made Berkeley a great university. Mm-hmm. They don't see the room where plutonium was chemically identified. They know Berkeley is a great university, but all these monuments to its greatness still exist. It's still alive. And they have little plaques outside showing you how great the room is. You just need someone to direct you and show you where it is. And I was determined to ensure that if you're graduating from Berkeley, you need to know why Berkeley was such a great school. Mm. I want to really bring that message. If you were outside iHouse, and this is a really fun fact that I actually learned from Hans, uh, there's a thing that connects the Haas School of Business, International House, and the Academy Award-winning movie called Argo. Yes, I love Argo. And if you stand in the little patio, which has all those tiles with the couples that met in iHouse, uh-huh. Canadian ambassador in Tehran who helped facilitate the escape of all those U.S. diplomats, Ken Taylor. Ken Taylor met Patricia Taylor in iHouse over breakfast. No way! And there's a little tile on the patio which says, Hooray for breakfast. And the year when they met, I believe it was 1958 or something like that. Hooray for breakfast! Yes. No way! I'm going to have to find that tile when I'm allowed back at the house. That is some. That is a gem of information and... I think, well, I'm thrilled. My mouth is like open wide as you're telling the story. And I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy this nugget of, of information. That's a great one, Avinav. Do you got any more? 
Yeah, there was a murder not inside our house, but there's a couple who met in our house and then the one ended up murdering the other person. No, okay. Well, let's yeah. not, so we'll not <laughs> put really that one on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, you know, really totally unrelated. It's actually a very famous murder because uh, this, uh, so the story goes that back in 1968, there was this Indian person, uh, an Indian student called uh, Prasenjit Podar who had come to Berkeley and he joined folk dancing classes. Mm-hmm. And that's where he met this Russian, uh, American Russian student called uh, Tatyana Tarasov. And they dated for some time. He was very serious about her. So he wrote to his parents back in India, introducing them. She was thinking it a little bit more like a fling. Eventually, Prasenjit, um, he was also facing paranoid schizophrenia. And a few months later, he murdered her. And it's a very critical case because Prasenjit was also undergoing psychological, psychiatric counseling. And he told a psychiatrist that he did harbor thoughts of causing harm to her. But because of patient-doctor confidentiality, that was not revealed to Tatiana. And this was a legal case against the Regents of the University of California. It's called Tarasov versus the Regents of the University of California. The university was sued. <gasps> and the Tarasov defense, which is a legal term, um, obligates any mental health professional like which is why when you talk to your counselor they'll say that it's a confidential conversation unless unless you talk about harming yourself or others which so, oh. came out of this particular case and the Kai house connection is that those folk dancing classes where they first met they used to be held in the Chevron auditorium no way so, yeah <laughs> i'm enough i think you need to put all your information onto paper I should, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, gosh, and I'm thinking about another iHouse fun fact that you shared with me, but I don't know if many of our listeners would know about your shared room address where you received um, some mail from us. Oh, a- yeah. Let's share that one. Go for it. That was so fascinating. So I was living in room 604 last year. And I got a little package in my mailbox addressed to the previous resident of 604. Mm-hmm. And me being me, I went about trying to find out who this person is. So I Googled this person, I found him on LinkedIn, and I came across a post in Berkeley where the student apparently was a three-time Olympian. That was really cool. He in Switzerland in the ice hockey Olympics and also won a bronze medal. And so I connected with her on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And that's the cool thing. So I connected with the previous resident of 604. And uh, that was my wow moment to know that I was living in the same room that was housed that house a former Olympian. That is very cool. Very, very cool. Okay, so let me ask you um, a classic one that we asked all our um, interviewees. What is one of your favorite iHouse memories? Oh, so this has to be in the dining hall. And I was having breakfast in the dining hall and there's a really old couple sitting near us. Ah. And they asked me if I could take a picture of them. Which I did. Of course, you would say that. Of course, I took a picture of them. And then they told me that they met uh, in the 1970s, somewhere approximately in that area of the dining hall for the very first time. Now they're married and they have kids. But these are not the same people connected to Argo, right? No, (laughs) not the same people connected to Argo. (laughs) Uh, And to me, it was fascinating because that just showed the kind of continuity that iHouse has had for all these years. People have met, they've grown old, they've had kids, and they still come back to iHouse because they find a sense of um, shared connection here. Yeah, that's really lovely. Yeah, let's go on. Well, that 
brings me to the end of my questions for you. But before we close, I do want to share a brief story about my initial impressions of you, Abhinav, and how it has evolved. <laughs> so um, I remember meeting you, you know, at the end of your first year at iHouse, your first year in your program, and I would get these emails from Abhinav. <laughs> <laughs> and they would be they would be peppered with questions or recommendations, and they would come every every so many days. I would see Abhinav in my inbox, and I would think, "Oh no, it's another, it's another <laughs> Abhinav. <laughs> he should just work in this office with me." <laughs> but I I wanted to share this because I think like it really. And now that I've gotten more time to get to know you, and I'm not afraid of your emails <laughs> anymore, I think it really just. Um, showed like that you are someone that really has been invested in iHouse's community and someone who really cares about making sure that the community is as vibrant as it is and you're just you've been really thoughtful and intentional um, and I just want to really thank you for being an active member of the community over the last two years and also for your contributions to making iHouse um, iHouse's community as vibrant as it is. So thank you so much for joining us, Abhinav. I did have one, one quick thing I wanted to share, which is yes. one, of my, one of my friends in iHouse, when she was leaving, of course, prematurely because of the whole COVID issue, mm -hmm. she mentioned that never before had she grown so close to people so quickly. Uh, she had been in iHouse for a grand total of, I think, two and a half months, maybe slightly less than that. Uh, and I mean, that's just how magical iHouse is. Yeah. That in a really short time, you can become so deeply invested in the people you meet here. That yeah. makes me really passionate about this house and the mission it has. Yeah. And I know you definitely have, have been invested from the beginning and, and really feel, I mean, you've shared stories about just the, what the community has meant to you. And so I'm so glad for, for that opportunity for, for so many people, even if they're there just for a short time. Listeners, we hope that hearing from Abhinav has helped you feel a little more connected to the iHouse community. Be well, keep practicing physical distancing, wash your hands, and be sure to tune in for more episodes of Under the Dome. Until next time, bye Abhinav, and thank you for being the nicest guy. <laughs>